Hello everyone, my name is Tiara Jean and welcome to the Weirdly Relatable Podcast. I'm a weirdo and I'm also relatable. (laughs) So today's topic is all about men. There are a couple questions and topics I want to touch on that focus on vulnerability, education, and loving young men. Sensitive subjects that make you think, hmm, that's a good question. I've never thought about that. Many podcasts or conversations focus on women and their feelings about men and what they go through. Today, I really want to focus on how men feel in different aspects of life and the roller coaster of emotions that they may go through. I feel like men are not talked about enough in a positive way or even just comfortable with speaking freely on the struggles that they face. So today, my guest speaker is Marcus Clendenin. He has been working in higher education for five plus years, and he's currently getting his master's degree in higher education. Hey, Marcus, what's up? I'm doing phenomenal. Uh, How are you doing today? I'm great. So you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, again, my name is Marcus. Uh, Yes, I have been in higher education for about five plus years, Um, But I've also done a lot of collaborative work with high schools, community-based organizations, um, other colleges uh, to basically advocate for uh, college access for high school students. But I also have worked at a community college, so adult learners is a part of my job. Um, And yes, I am in a higher education master's program. Um, And I'm actually finishing up my capstone um, this semester, which is going to be about men of color. So this talk this topic this podcast is kind of right on time yes i love that okay so we're gonna dive right into it so as you know we're talking about men today it's all about you so my first question is why is it difficult for men to be vulnerable so you did so this is a phenomenal question um i think about this on a on a daily basis um i am about i am 28 so I have had tons of different experiences. Um, I am a man of color. So I think a lot of times when it comes to being vulnerable, it goes back to our relationship with our parents um, and whether or not we've seen the men in our lives be vulnerable. Um, Typically, it's this machismo facade about being strong, being a provider, uh, showing strength. um, And what that means to an individual ultimately depends on Um, the men of the men in these other men's lives and how they kind of show um, their masculinity. Right. And this could be in many ways, shapes or forms. Um, It really depends on your background. I know for me, I've never seen my father cry uh, up until I was an adult. So that may be one of the reasons why I may struggle with vulnerability. Um, I was also raised in a single parent household and my mother had to grind it out. So I barely saw her show emotion. Um, she did, but mainly when I was doing bad in school. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I guess nobody really sat me down and kind of, um, I guess, addressed what it is like to be a man, what mm-hmm. that looks like, um, how to handle emotions that I don't necessarily may have control over as a man or emotions that I feel comfortable expressing with and how to kind of um, show those emotions in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So that's that would be the answer to that that question. I definitely agree. I do feel like women, or just speaking for myself, I definitely probably cry more <laughs> than you do. But mm-hmm. my other question to you is, how can men feel safe? Like even by women, like in a relationship or just in general, like how can we make you feel safe? I think the first step is, one, providing a safe space. 
Um, I think there is definitely such a thing as, as toxic masculinity, um, things that may look like strength, but in actuality, it's very, very toxic. So I think having a non-judgmental space where men are allowed to be themselves, where men can communicate with each other, where men can actually uh, challenge their own stereotypes and their own forms of masculinity and really kind of pinpoint what it really means to be a man, right? Mm -hmm. I think that is a collective effort because as men, we all have various types of experiences. And if we kind of come together, we can kind of piece together some of those experiences and really come down to um, and a, defi- a definition of what it means to be a man. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I that kind of brings me into the specifically young men and minority men um, and why it's important for them to have a male role model or a male figure in their life to kind of show them like what it means to be a man and not just the toxic masculinity or, oh, I have to be so strong and, you know, take on everything, but really show them and teach them like it's okay to feel, it's okay to have emotions, it's okay to be vulnerable and still feel like you are you know, the man. <laughs> um, so I would say, who who's your biggest influence in your life? So this is kind of a tricky question. Um, does it have to be a man? No, it doesn't. So I think one of the biggest influences in my life um, has to be my, my mother. Um, yeah, like watching her work ethic, seeing her kind of work extremely hard to get Mm -hmm. where I'm at. Um, She's the one that kind of put the battery in my back to go to college. Yeah. Um, She, even with a lack of resources, kind of had a plan and vision for me. So I am um, the youngest of two. So I do have an older brother. Mm -hmm. He ended up going to college. Um, I followed him six years later. Um, And she kind of like started the push just simply because she wanted better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that, that battery in my back made me want to be better for myself. So definitely my mother, but um, I do have a lot of influences. I get, I get a lot of my personality from my dad. Um, I get a lot of um, music taste and mm-hmm. all these other things from my brother. So I honestly, like, I've kind of taken the better parts of a lot of the men in my life. Um, and that kind of made me who I am today. So you feel like there's a do you feel like there's a big difference between um, a man or a boy growing up with a just a single mother or just a mother figure that's really in their life? And as far as, you know, growing up in a two parent household where you really have that consistent, like a consistent male figure in your life or um, how do you feel like that affects like young men? For sure, like statistics, just off of the back of off, off of like just statistics and facts in general, um, families or or children from two parent households tend to go to college more often, right? So that's a big part of it. Um, and I think statistically speaking, when it comes to mentors and role models, um, that's right up there with the best utilized tools um, to help men and men of color, right? So that's. One of the key things, I think, for a lot of men, you have to see other men being successful in terms of what they're doing. And on top of that, you have to see somebody that also looks like you being successful, Mm -hmm. because if you could see it for a lot of these kids, 
you can be it. So yes. I think that's one of those things that um, that's very, very important. Yes, definitely seeing is believing. <laughs> we definitely need more of that. And I feel like there's so many successful men out there, especially, when you know, men of color. And we need more of that. Like we need to see it. They need to be given their flowers as well, because women are not the only ones who need their flowers. Men need their flowers, too. And I feel like everybody is just very, you know, one sided with it, you know, and I feel like men definitely deserve that. Have you always wanted to start a podcast, but didn't know where to look, how to start, or even what to do? Well, I use Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has made it so easy for me to start my own podcast without having much experience. First, start with some gear that you already have and a quiet space. If you want to upgrade, Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, gets you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. So what do you think is the most difficult thing that Black men specifically face in the educational system? Oh, I love this question so much. <laughs> I love this question I so much. I knew you would. So I'm in the midst of doing a ton of research right now. And one of the things that you'll find when it comes to uh, men of color, just black men in general um, in the education system is twofold. Right. You'll either find um, people talking or simply like politicians or anybody, anybody like that. They'll talk about men of color from the viewpoint of these men being responsible for their own education um, at the, the reality is, is these kids are being dropped off in educational institutions um, where they're expected to be challenged, where they're expected to be connected with, where they're expected to learn. Um, and a lot of times uh, when it comes to men of color, the environment is extremely, extremely, extremely important. Right. So I have changed my viewpoint in terms of looking at my personal experiences and other students experiences and I kind of now have looked at the institutions as the ones that are responsible for cultivating these young men, right? So rather than saying, hey, this student is experiencing X, Y, Z, right? It should be, all right, what are these institutions doing um, to basically utilize these, these, these children, these men, um, utilize their strengths and kind of adapt to their comfortability, Right. Men of color have a lot of strengths that just kind of need to be tapped into, mm -hmm. um, that need to be cultivated, that need to be um, developed. And I think if as an institution, if you can find ways to bring that out of them and unearth some of that potential, then I believe the sky is 100 mm percent -hmm. the limit. Right. You do kind of whatever you have to do in terms of education um, to connect with your students. I think a lot of times the system is the system it is <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't necessarily want to change. There are a few innovative schools that have 
that have tried to do things differently, that have implemented CBOs into their organizations. Um, that's why you have NYC Men Teach, right, to give um, these students of color, these um, these students of color, uh, let's say, a, a person of color role model, right? Um, that's one of the biggest pushes uh, where, again, is, is if you see it, you could believe it or you could be it. Right. So I think a lot of times. Right. It's really the institution's responsibility. You have these kids for eight hours. Right. Um, I would hope that you are trying to connect with these students and then also try to bring in the family. Right. Families are probably the number one influence when it comes to, um, I guess, social capital when it comes to men of color. Right. So if you could identify some of the key influences in these students lives. Right. You can hope to flip the narrative for a lot of these men of color who may, if they don't have school or they may be skipping school, they may fall into to gangs. They may fall into friends that may not want to, that may not want to be as motivated, right? So if you could kind of tap into and infiltrate um, some of their social circles and kind of develop their social capital, right? Connect them with mentors, um, speak to family, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of make it a collective effort and a community effort to kind of lift these 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 um these children up. Um, yeah. So that they have opportunities after high school. Uh, mm-hmm. It may not always be college. I'm well aware that college isn't for everybody, but at least some type of post-secondary success and what that looks like for each individual student. I think meeting those students where they're at is extremely, extremely important um, when it comes to uh, developing um, men of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you do a really good job with connecting with students um, and just speaking to them on a level that they understand I feel like that's really important. You can't, you know, you have to know how to speak to everybody. Not every student is the same. Um, And once you learn how to speak to them and basically talk their language, you can kind of get through to them and, you know, motivate them because not everybody has the same motivation. Not everyone comes from the same background or same family or same place. You know, we all grew up differently. And I feel like it's Everybody has different things that push them. Um, and you just really have to find those niches. Um, but yes, I love that. Um, my other question to you is, what are three things that you feel hold men hostage? And this could kind of be in any sense. It could be general. It could be, you know, specific. Um, but what do you think? Oh, this is a good one. Um, three things. All right. So I may make this personal just to make it easier for me to answer. Mm-hmm. This is definitely one of those questions I would I would have to li- uh, think about. And it'll probably change every once in a while. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I think one of the things that hold men back, honestly, is, again, the pressures of being a man is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we're asked to be providers. Um, we're asked to be very stoic. Um, we're asked to be leaders. Right. But I don't think anybody actually takes the time out to truly understand what that means and what that looks like um, for each individual person. I think it's just kind of expected as men um, to be all of those things rather than me, to be 100 percent honest, rather than it being a team effort, especially when it comes to to relationships. So I think it's the image of what a man looks like. I think that's one of the big parts of it. Um, I've had my own financial struggles. I would definitely recommend, I would definitely say that, um, finances is probably a big part, right? The pressure to make enough money to support yourself, Mm -hmm. um, your partner and your family. Right. Um, and then how that looks like from industry to industry, right? I could be a phenomenal teacher and make 
65 grand a year. But if mm-hmm. I'm a phenomenal, let's say, accountant, I can make anywhere between six figures to well over six figures. So I, I think it, it's I think the, the label of in terms of money and being a man and how much money you're supposed to make. I think that needs to be realistic in terms of the industry um, that you're in. Men have a lot of men are very money conscious. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think finances is one of those things where if you want to get a man ang- angry, tell him you make more <laughs> to him. Um, maybe that maybe they might feel cer- certain ways. Right. I think to the in today's society, it's a little bit different. Right. Um, you have women making a lot more money than they used to. Yeah. Right. Um, and depending on the industry. Right. They could also be um, a female dominated industry. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of those things. And. What would be number three? Something that holds men hostage. Um, so as of right now, I only have two. That's fine. Is that okay? All right, cool. That's cool, perfectly cool, cool. fine. It's definitely a deep question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely, I'm definitely here for women wanting to make six figures. Listen, we mm-hmm. want to be billionaires and millionaires too. Sure. <laughs> there are a lot of things change. Mm-hmm. But um, no, yeah, that's two is definitely fine. And to kind of wrap it up, I have one more question. And it kind of has to deal with the whole terminology of the generation now mm-hmm. about being a simp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what is your take on being a so-called simp? And I just want to know why do people feel like being a simp is a bad thing? Like, why can't it be okay for men to, you know, love on their their woman or like openly show their emotions? And like, why does it have to seem like, oh, he's a simp? Like, what we love that. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious on whoever whoever came up with the word simp, right? And specifically, I want to know if it's a female or, or, or a male, <laughs> right? It does sound like something that like a man would do, mm-hmm. right? A man would just come up with the word, like, "Hi, right, bro," like you whipped or something like that. Yeah, that's what really simping is. Um, but then I also wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, a female that kind of came up with the word mm-hmm. for how um, women can use their power to manipulate men. I think that's something that's not necessarily um, spoken about as well. Like there are women out here that, again, take advantage of men. Mm-hmm. Right? It happens more Absolutely. often than not. But men, women think that we're like um, not smart enough to kind of catch on. Nah, we <laughs> probably just care about y'all. Like, we really don't care. Aww. So at that point, like, you got to figure out, like, all right, am I doing something? Like, am I do- am I being manipulative or like, am I actually like this? This guy actually likes me. Yeah. So I think it, it's it's a very interesting kind of scenario. Um, I think there is a way that men can go too far. Like, if you continue to do things for a female or a woman. Um, and she's not giving you the social cues, right? Mm-hmm. She's not returning the efforts back. Um, I think at a certain point, like it becomes your choice and you have to be smart enough to identify whether this person is into you or not, whether they're using you or not. Right. It's kind of like grief, right? At a certain point, you're allowed to feel how you want to feel, mm-hmm. but after a certain point, right, you are at 100% in control of, of your feelings and your actions. Right. So I think that's kind of one of those things that, um, and my thing is like, yo, love your girl. Like, yes, <laughs> like, love, your, love your girl. Like, don't yes. worry about what other people think. Like, if y'all in a happy relationship and y'all both love each other, like, bro, love your girl. That's, that's not simping. Like, that's not simping at all. I 100% agree. I love mm-hmm. me a quote unquote simp. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, we love it on this side. But um, definitely, thank you so much for joining us here. 
Um, I really loved your insight. You know, today was all about men. Appreciate you. <laughs> yes, appreciate you too. I hope everything goes well with your master's degree um, and just in your career. Um, and thank you for joining the Weirdly Relatable Podcast with your host, Tierra Jean. Oops, see you.